Welcome to the Behind the Bliss podcast, where Mary Scott Mercer and Rachel Autry bring weekly conversations to encourage, inspire, storytell, and share. Each episode is designed for you to feel met in your mess and balanced in your bliss. Here's today's conversation. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bliss. I'm your host, Rachel, and today I am so stoked to talk to Jordan Soderholm, and she is the fashion director at ABLE. We've mentioned ABLE a few times whenever we ask guests and ask each other what we're loving at the end of each episode, so that's why ABLE might sound familiar to you. ABLE is an amazing brand that makes clothes, leather goods, shoes, and more, but here's the difference. They root for ethical fashion, and that's what we're talking about in today's episode. What is ethical fashion? What is slow fashion versus fast fashion? Why does it matter to us? And then how can we play a part? Jordan first started as the company's first intern in 2011, and now she serves as the fashion director, which is the creative visionary behind Abel's modern lifestyle brand. She's actually the reason why Abel makes their loved and best-selling leather bags, all because she wanted a leather tote herself. She tells that story and much more, and yes, since she's a fashion director, we did ask her what trends are up and coming, and she shares all the secrets. We cannot wait to dive into today's conversation and share more with you. So without further ado, here is Jordan. Hey Jordan, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Can you just take a few seconds and tell the listener who you are, what you do, and just all the fun stuff. Yeah, so I'm Jordan Soderholm, and I work for a company called Able in Nashville. I am married to an amazing man that I met in college, Steve, and he has a fragrance company. And so Ooh, we're both yeah. kind of like in the small business world, entrepreneurial kind of spirit. And um, we love being in Nashville. We're dog parents, you know, all the important things. That is amazing. Can you tell everyone where you work and that kind of stuff? Yeah, so I work at a company called Able, and I actually have been working at Able since almost day one, since month two or three. And I was introduced to the founder by one of my professors in college. And I I went to Belmont and I was like, I want to do fashion. And they had no fashion program or anything like that. I don't know how that all worked out. But I, um, I, I just told all my professors and they sent jobs my way. So this one guy was like, you've got to meet Barrett. He started a company called Fashionable and you need to work there. And I was like, oh my gosh, I... You know, it was a nonprofit at the time. I was like, that's not exactly what I'm wanting, but I'm at Barrett and, you know, the rest is, is history. But it was, so Able was started um, as fashionable. It was like a side project from a little nonprofit working in Ethiopia. Um, Didn't they start out by doing scarves? Yeah. Like coffee or something like yeah, that. Yeah, no. Or maybe Barrett used to do coffee. I don't know. So, no, you're both kind of right. So, Barrett had a company called the Mocha Club. That was the nonprofit. And so the whole thing was for the cost of two mochas a month, you can support women at risk or you can provide clean water. And they worked with artists to share that message. And so ABLE was started from the Women at Risk program. Basically, Barrett is, he was in Ethiopia working with those women and just 
really seeing that after they had been given rehab and just, you know, pulled out of that situation, once they were done with the program, they had nowhere else to go. So they're back on the streets uh, selling themselves. And Hmm. he was like, there's got to be a solution for this. And he and his wife were in the marketplace there and they were about to come home. They've been living there for a year. And Rachel, his wife is super cool. And she found these scarves and he was like, wait, are those like souvenir cool or are they really cool? She's like, no, they're really <laughs> cool. And, uh, and so that's how it all started. And it was kind of amazing because traditionally in Ethiopia, the scarves are made by men. And so I went to Ethiopia to, to visit and work. And it was amazing because they had these top-notch men who were just incredible, who were working with these women. And not only were they teaching them a new skill, but they were teaching them to trust men again, you know? And mm-hmm. so it was a really, it was a really sweet thing. But yeah, we started with scarves and while I was in Ethiopia, I saw some leather literally just passing, you know, these shops with, you know, animals hanging and <laughs> leather everywhere. I was like, oh my gosh. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, super normal. Um, but I was like, we've got to do something. I, I kind of want a leather tote bag. And so, you know, with super strategic thought, I was like, let's start, let's do a leather tote bag. And the rest is history. We started the leather program and now we also have jewelers here in Nashville who you know we have our our global work that we do beyond just Ethiopia now it's India Peru Brazil Mexico that's amazing yeah it's so cool and and something that was important that we started seeing is that there are also women in Nashville and in America Mm. who need a second chance and who need to have a job and it's tough for them to get it because they have overcome addiction or anxiety or whatever the case may be. And so we have our jewelry studio in our offices in Nashville and we have women from all types of backgrounds and same with our, our warehouse staff too. And it's just really incredible. It just, I mean, brings it home literally because we're seeing the, the efforts of our work walking around our office. It's just a really beautiful thing. Yeah, I see. I love this too because it's more than just fashion, right? I mean, you have leather goods, you have jewelry, you have clothing now, but it's different than maybe what you could just buy anywhere yeah. else. Mm-hmm. I appreciate ABLE for what it is because it does stand for ethical fashion, but I'm not quite sure everyone could define what ethical fashion is just because we're naive. We're not really quite sure what happens in factories or how our clothes get from being threads to being on hangers in our closet. Mm -hmm. So could you maybe explain a little bit about what ethical fashion is and why it may be important to know about? Yeah. Well, that's interesting that you say that we're naive because I think we are. And then I think we're also, we, we put our head down a little bit and we're like, well, I just really love that top. And it, it's beautiful and shiny and I'm just going to go for it and not think about what's happening. And I I think it's also just really hard to, to visualize that for Mm -hmm. me. It was like, I couldn't really understand the, the impact that 
I was actually making. I'm like, well, if I buy this, I, at least, you know, somebody has a job. But would you ever say that to one of your friends if she were in an abusive work situation and you're like, right. well, at least you have a job? Right. <laughs> no. <laughs> and so I, you know, anyways, that's that's why I think it's so important to be paying attention. And ethical fashion, honestly, it can feel really daunting and confusing because there's so many definitions and people have all the opinions about it. But simply put, ethical fashion includes consumer behaviors and production approaches that are good for people and or the planet. So ethical fashion is kind of an umbrella for sustainable fashion or socially responsible fashion or slow fashion. And mm. all those are different ways that you can be thoughtful about what you're wearing and what you're, what you're purchasing. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like this is one of those things, just like uh, healthy eating or clean beauty or whatever it may be, that really <laughs> steps on people's toes because oftentimes it makes us reevaluate what we're doing and it also tends to be more expensive. Um, and I would just like, want, I'm just curious, like what advice do you tend to give people when it comes to maybe switching their wardrobe over. I love just in the short time that I've been following you online, how you do your outfit of the days and you point to where you've picked things up because I think people don't know where to do this. They don't know where to find uh, like sustainable underwear without going to Target or whatever it may be, or they just can't afford, you know, a $250 new purse or whatever it may be. So what are just like practical tips for just the everyday girl who is aware of the problem, um, maybe can't just throw everything away right now, but can take steps towards better um, decision-making processes when it comes to sustainable clothing and goods. Yeah, so I would say just start with what you have. I mean, so many people have a closet full of stuff that they never wear because they don't know how to wear it or they just go to the same shirt every day. So mm-hmm. I That's always neat. encourage, yeah, <laughs> I mean, isn't it all of us? Um, <laughs> but I always encourage people to take inventory of their wardrobe and pull out the pieces that you really love. And you're probably wearing those all the time. And then take a look at the rest of your wardrobe, pull out the pieces that you don't like and what you have left, figure out new ways to be styling those things. Mm-hmm. And And I I just think that's one of the most important ways to start. I think, you know, also a big thing with ethical fashion is it's not about instant gratification. Mm -hmm. And that's the hardest part. It is so easy. And honestly, sometimes I crave just walking into name your fast fashion store and (laughs) and buying all the the cool trendy things and just being you know, totally decked out and epic, but <laughs> I, I can't do that. And I've tried to keep myself accountable through my Instagram account actually and showing people what I wear. But I think a big thing is you just have to take more time to search for what you want and make sure that it's something that actually is going to go with what you have in your closet. And if you're, if you're taking that time and thinking about it, I think you know, that's step one. And then secondly, beyond just thinking about what you need, then, you know, where to shop, you have to do your research as you're Mm -hmm. purchasing. Mm -hmm. And 
I have a list of ethical fashion companies that I really like and respect. And I mean, literally, y'all, I have a spreadsheet that I reference. Maybe we can get some of those and put them in our show notes. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I can pass it along. And it's just, I just, you know, want to keep note because I want to be shopping with those places who are who are doing good things and I always look in the about section of of companies websites and if they're mentioning something about socially responsible fashion or sustainable fashion what they're doing for the environment I think that's a huge step and Mm -hmm. so I take note of them and kind of watch (laughs) what's going on but you really have to be thoughtful I think that's why we love what's happening here on this podcast and what's happening with Abel and how we're aligned is with the transparency. Mm-hmm. Like you're saying, if people just were to talk about it and share information, whether it's all good, all perfect information, or hey, here's some places we have room for improvement, I think it's it's worth us as consumers to pay attention to that. So different yeah. different companies I feel like are have different transparency levels. And so that being one of the one of the things to look out for in ethical or slow fashion compared to fast fashion, I think is a really neat tool, at least moving forward. Absolutely. And we always talk about progress over perfection. Right. And we, we just want to lay it out there, what we're doing. And we did, I don't know if y'all know about this. We have a nonprofit called accountable and it is an auditing system that, basically takes, you know, does a huge audit of the factories that we work with and says where we could improve. And the whole point of the accountable system is to make sure that uh, manufacturers are paying living wages, which Mm. means that the workers are able to live off of the money that they're making versus making the bare minimum and not being able to pay uh, for schooling or food or whatever. And so, well, that's the hard truth too, for me being a consumer is I'm like, wow, I'm buying this shirt that I really, really want. Don't necessarily need, cause I have something else I could wear for this occasion, but I'm going to want something. I'm going to go ahead and purchase it. But the hard truth is the people making it might not even be able to put food on the table. Right. right? So totally. and it's, it's awakening and really sobering thought. Yeah. And I mean, we, we published our audit for our jewelry team here in Nashville and one of the things that stood out is like the the actual work environment is unsafe. There are unsafe uh, practices with the jewelry making that could harm our employees. And we put that out there. We're like, hey, we have to improve here. And no one was mm-hmm. like, oh, my gosh, y'all suck. <laughs> Everyone right, was like, right. wow, thank you so much for letting us know that and yeah. letting us know how you're going to improve that. And So I just think that's really important. And, you know, I think that companies are starting to realize that they have to start somewhere, that they have to start being transparent and and open. So that that fills me with hope, even in the time that I've been working on this and just so immersed in the world of ethical fashion, there have been so many more options pop up and people starting conversations. So I think that's huge. Yeah, I think it, it seriously just starts there with having the conversation. And I think it's helpful too, like when 
someone sees the price of an ethical pair of jeans or an ethical bag and they get concerned about thinking, oh, I can run to so-and-so and get that for $20 to think about, I think it's just shifting our perspective. I think everything that we do takes a shift in our perspective. And if we start to imagine, um, you know, a woman who, you know, people want to say, well, why does it cost that much? And they get they get bogged down by that idea, but they don't understand what Able is doing and what other companies are doing that are similar are going that extra mile. And it costs everyone on the other side so much money to be this transparent, whether it's, you know, someone in the clean beauty movement who's going an extra mile to make sure there's not a random chemical in there, all of that takes money. And so I think when we understand why things are expensive rather than just thinking that they're a high-end high product, it really gives us the, I don't know, it makes me feel a lot better about purchasing it. I don't know about uh, you. Yeah, so. yeah, me too. I'm like, hey, at least they can admit their fault or where they could improve. I can get behind that rather than someone who hides it and then all of a sudden one day in Washington – post or wall street journal or whatever i see something awful and horrible right, that i'm like right. i can't believe i've been supporting this without even knowing about it mm-hmm. right exactly i give me the choice you know exactly and i think something that people might not always think about is you know you want that 30 dollar pair of jeans or whatever and you can pay $100 or $130 and get a really great pair and they'll last you way longer. Uh I mean, sometimes that fast fashion stuff stuff does last because it's made with so much synthetic stuff that (laughs) it can't break down if it tries. But um, I think, you know, there's that misconception of it's way cheaper for me to just buy that $30 pair and replace as needed. But actually, if you if you invest a little bit more on the front end, you'll get so much more life out of the, the pieces you're buying. Especially with just not getting trendy and making sure that you're constantly buying like classic pieces that are going to be timeless no matter what's trending. And then maybe you can get the trendy pair of shoes or the cool new pair of earrings and use your basics that are timeless that you can wear forever. So I think that's an amazing point. So That's my philosophy. That is what I always tell people to do is upgrade their accessories, their shoes, those things that you have to always replace. It's so easy Mm -hmm. to to amp up your wardrobe with those and you don't have to go for the crazy trend things. I'm like, I like to be relevant to the trends, you know, have a blazer on and some cool earrings, but you don't have to go all the way (laughs) and and wear the runway. Yeah. I can imagine too, with you being a fashion director, I don't know if I were you, I'd be like, Oh my gosh, so much pressure to just cutie all the time. Oh my gosh. You know, have that next trendy thing. So having that as a, as kind of like a motif of living life, especially with how your closet and your wardrobe are put together, I think is, is really safe, but really neat practice for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. What is one of your favorite things that you've maybe learned or you've opened your eyes to besides the ethical fashion, um, just being a fashion director? Because I feel like, I mean, I'll be honest, a lot of our listeners are women, actually, Mm -hmm. Probably 99%. Maybe our husbands are 1%. (laughs) Yeah, our husbands are the 1%. So I'm thinking through this. I'm like, okay, we have a fashion director on the show. What are some of your favorite trends that are happening right now that you think um, are neat to invest in or maybe something that you you have your eye on that you think maybe is coming around the corner people should know about? Yeah, so (laughs) one of my favorite things right now, we're currently working on fall 2020 
which is insane. That's (laughs) over a year away. But I recently got into this whole matching set thing. So basically buying a tank or a shirt or whatever that's in a print that pairs back to the skirt or pants or whatever (gasps) that it goes with. And y'all, I am, Mm -hmm. I'm so on board with this because I actually have so many things in my wardrobe now that are like this, but instead of buying a jumpsuit, you buy two things and you can pair them so many different ways. So they're just, they're more wearing occasions, if that makes sense. Like I did these really Mm -hmm. cool silk pants and this silk button down shirt at, during the holidays and I wear them together and it looks really, you know, crazy and cool. It's like loud print and it's great for a party at night. If I wore it to work, people would be like, where are you going? (laughs) Um, But I wear it. I'm I'm just dressed up for the day for all my meetings. Um, But I wear it with a t-shirt or a solid tank to work in sneakers. And it's so cool, the pants. And then I can wear Mm. the shirt with jeans and boots and it looks totally normal and so I'm getting so much more wear out of it and that is kind of my my favorite thing right now and it is a trend it's it's coming um for sure if you don't already have something like that you'll see it more and more and I'm sure start to to buy like oh, that. Oh, that makes me excited <laughs> for fall 2020 for me. <laughs> that is so awesome. Oh yeah, there's there's some good things coming. I'm excited. That is awesome. What like this is going to sound crazy. But like how I don't know if you can even answer this, but when you guys sit down to think about like when you introduced denim or when you introduced I don't know, jewelry and denim and shoes and all of that, like how did you even begin such a process? Did it happen overnight? Did you guys just, I don't even know how to, I don't know how that all happens. Like scarves to like, like how did we, how did we decide to develop those new categories and how did we go about it? Yes. Yes. So when we decided to do denim, my boss Barrett was, he came to me, he was super stoked. He was like, Hey, guess what? I want to do denim. And I was like, oh my gosh, you have no idea what you're saying right now. The monster you just opened, yes. Right. If you're going to start sized categories, that is the hardest place to start because denim is so personal and it, you know, you want it to fit just right and you wear it every single day and everyone has really strong opinions about what good denim is. And so we had this conversation. He's like, well, I just met this unicorn. She lives in New York and she has worked for Ralph Lauren and R13 and all these amazing denim brands. And she's an expert and she wants to work with us. And I was like, okay. And I meet Jenny, our denim designer. I was like, okay, I get it. And she, she just had a lot of experience in that category and knew the right places, the right factories for us to start with. We have an amazing factory that we work with who uh, was already doing really great things. And so it's just a, a perfect fit. And so that was kind of the easiest because she was so wonderful. And, you know, it's always interesting to learn what people like. And that's always the, the moving target. But 
the actual creation of it has been super easy. But then the apparel and shoes, he asked me to start. And I was like, okay, well, are you sure? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I want you to, I want you to figure this out. So I just started searching and we just did a ton of digging to find the right manufacturers because if you find the right manufacturers, you can really get a lot done. But if you're working with, with poor manufacturers, if they don't have the capabilities to do what you're doing, it just is the worst thing ever. And so, um, yeah, we, we decided to start the apparel and shoes along with it. So all the size categories and really, I mean, we just knew that if we wanted to compete in the ethical fashion space, we had to create everything that you need for your day to day. Right. And so we really wanted to be this, you know, whatever brand you shop every day that you go to for it, whenever you need a new pair of shoes or your denim or whatever, that's what we wanted to be. And so that's what we're working towards. And, and now, I mean, I started those, those two, um, the apparel and shoes, but now we have these amazing designers that one, our apparel designer actually is from target and she is just, she has such a heart for what we're doing. And I also think that target is amazing at fit. And so I, that was really important for me. She has that experience there. And then our shoe designer is from Soul Society. And they make really cool, trendy shoes. And so she has such a good eye and, and passion for what we're doing. And I think it's just important to get the right people in your in your corner developing the items. And then the rest is a piece of cake. For sure. That's, That's so crazy awesome. cool. So yeah. – Here's another cool thing that I think has become cool, which I really appreciate, (laughs) makes things easier, is capsule wardrobe. And I I feel like this is kind of going back to what we talked about earlier about um, if you have a few pieces that are basics that you can pair with your favorite accessories, your favorite shoes that you can upgrade, like that is what makes life easy for me at least is capsule wardrobing and saying, okay, so for this summer, I'm going to pick out two tees, two pants, or like, you know, a jean or a fun pant, a skirt and a dress and find different ways to style them all together. I think that that's really fun too. Do you feel like you have somewhat of a minimalist wardrobe or with being who you are and mm-hmm. what you do as a living, uh-huh. do you feel like you maybe have a larger wardrobe than just capsule? Yeah. I'm just so curious. I'm like the opposite of a capsule wardrobe. <laughs> I am the worst. And I actually did that 10 by 10 do you, oh. do you know about that? The yeah. yeah. Challenge? I did it in the fall and it, it was actually really awesome because it takes that teaching to the extreme of being really creative with, with the items that you have. Right. But I really am all about dressing for the day you want to have. And, you know, if I'm feeling super creative, then I want to look wild I want to have the craziest pattern shirt on and bright lipstick and big earrings and snakeskin mm-hmm. boots and all this you know crazy things and then if I'm you know relaxed and kind of settling in for a day on my computer and not really leaving my desk then I'm going to dress more comfortable and so to me capsule wardrobe is really hard right 
and with the, with the different lifestyle. Yeah, like I hate to say for me, it feels a little bit impractical, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I think it's a really cool way to practice creativity in your wardrobe and simplicity. Like what you were right. saying, you tend to already go for a couple of t-shirts and a couple of pairs of jeans and shoes already. I think that's really great. And what one thing I also think is is great about the capsule wardrobe is when you add in a new piece, you have to make sure it fits with the rest of what you right. have. Yeah. Right. And and that's the huge thing if you're wanting to shop ethically and sustainably is just making sure that you actually have a place to wear what you're adding into your wardrobe. Wow. Well, that's so exciting. Okay. So we might switch gears a little bit to talk a little bit more about you. Can you just share with us kind of anything that you're loving these days? Maybe anything that you're reading, something you can't get enough of. Maybe it's something in Nashville, just anything that you are loving right now. Oh my gosh. Well, <laughs> Loaded question. <laughs> I feel like when people ask this, I'm like, I forgot everything I've ever liked or known or done. <laughs> oh, um, I did the same thing. She asks me this. Mary Scott does even just on the phone or like in front of other people. I'm like, Scotty, I don't remember. I don't, I don't know what to say. It's, yeah. It's okay. Like I've got nothing for you. Um, no, I, I love that question. Actually. I, actually had been asked that before and had been so busy that I didn't have an answer for that. And that really kind of put things into perspective for me that I need to slow down. And so I actually have been actively working on having good answers for questions like this. Um, I am currently reading Renee Brown. Who isn't? Yes. I love She's that. the best. And um, Daring Greatly is what I'm reading. And I really... I have it on my shelf. I need to read it. You really oh should. Oh my gosh. Have you not read it? It's literally sitting on my bookshelf. The thing... I feel like we get like a little bombarded with books and stuff in the mail all the time. But right. Daring Greatly <laughs> has been on my shelf for a little while. And I just need to pick it up. <laughs> I actually had to read it in one of my classes in college. Really? Yeah. About like... Wow. Well, we were talking through inclusion. Um, and through like opening up in efforts of opening up your own story, oftentimes you then lead people into freedom of opening up theirs too. That might never have been open before. And so Brene yeah. Brown introduced into that conversation. Well, and Darren Greatly was awesome. Y'all are going to convince me to pick it up. Oh my gosh. I mean, honestly, I don't typically read books like that. When I, when I read, I like to take a little vacation basically. It's like, right. I like to read a novel or some kind of story that totally grips me. But this book is just so practical and something that I'm not always uh, great at is vulnerability. Mm-hmm. And so I, I like to have things buttoned up and looking good. And this book just totally pushes that thought. And um, so my husband and I are actually reading it together. And I love that. It is creating such amazing conversation and so that's been something really amazing that I've loved doing. And then also, y'all, I am such a homebody. I We have a back porch, and what I'm doing with my nights and weekends is posting people. And oh, yes. I love yeah, that. It, I mean, my husband makes amazing cocktails, and I love to cook. Love and so we just team up and 
try to make people feel really special and relaxed and all that. And that is sit the outside best. all night with their with their best friends. I love that. Jordan, do you know your Enneagram number? I feel like Nashville <laughs> people all know their Enneagram number. <laughs> yes, I am an eight. You are. Okay. Yeah. Unbelievable. Do you wing yeah. nine? Because I'm trying to see where your home yes. body comes in. Yes. I love I that. Nine. And y'all, I, I always thought that I winged seven because if you just met me randomly, you'd be like, oh, she's totally a seven. But I, <laughs> I am not. <laughs> like, I, can, Interesting. I can rally and have fun, but I'm not that fun of a person. And so I, the eight is a challenger and so many people. If you know me at work, you definitely see that challenger side. But mm-hmm. a lot of people, when they first meet me, are like, hey, you're too nice to be an eight. I'm like, no, well, yeah. <laughs> you haven't crossed me yet. Um, I can kind of see it. I feel like anyone who's an artist or in the fashion industry either even, is an eight or a four. Because eights, I mean, you kind of have to be a pioneer, like you kind of have to be a rebel. And you love social justice, you know, it makes total sense. Oh, I'm like, I'm the epitome of an eight. I I think I'm really great at my job because I'm great at making decisions. And Mm. with that, I also always am constantly thinking about how, what my presence is like in a room, because that's something I can always work on. I always say I'm super open to hearing feedback. Like I, I do. I ask everyone's opinion before making a decision. How do you? And then once I say what my opinion is, and I say how does everyone feel about that? But I think you can always work on making yourself better at just being approachable and making people teachable. Feel, yeah, totally teachable and making people feel really comfortable. Um, but then that nine wing comes in because, you know, when I'm home on the weekend, I live for the weekend and I just yeah. am so relaxed and like slow mornings and coffee and books and yeah. magazines set, stacked up. I mean, that is my jam. I love that. I'm a nine, so I can resonate with that. Yeah. Um, cool. I'm a three. So I'm like, no, we got to get stuff done. We don't have time to sit <laughs> We still. are a very good team. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like, yes. Put down your coffee, Mary Scott. We got some work Let's to do. do this. <laughs> you know, what's funny is that the three, it's like, I, I think eights and threes can get confused a lot, but it's all about the motivation. Right. And I, I was like, okay. I don't care if people think what I'm doing is cool or good or whatever. I, if I feel strongly about it, that's what I, want to do and I'm like there's your differentiator that's definitely that is an eight yeah. for sure yeah I like people recognize me <laughs> yes. look what I just You're did like, I've done all these things do I get a trophy yeah I'm like I swear if you don't put my paperwork up on your refrigerator yes. I... <laughs> oh, oh my gosh. gosh that's yeah just being honest of me here working oh. on that vulnerability yeah, <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, just to wrap up conversation with someone who might be listening that now is maybe feeling encouraged or spurred on to now start considering ethical, slow fashion. What would you say is their first or maybe second step in doing so? Well, I think first, just know that you have to have grace with yourself in doing it. And, you know, the progress over perfection thing is really, really mm-hmm. important to keep in mind. You don't have to all of a sudden yeah. just change every single thing that you do and 
stop shopping at all your normal places, but just take those slow steps and it feels really good. Make one purchase that's ethical and see how you like it and see how you like the fit and then the company that, that you bought it from and all those things. And that, that makes a difference. And really as a consumer, you can use your voice to make change and you can also use your dollars to make change. And That's such a good point. Companies yeah. are paying attention to to where consumers are putting those dollars, and that's why they're starting to make changes. These big companies like ASOS literally just put up a little sustainability thing where you can shop sustainably on freaking ASOS. How amazing is that? That's awesome. So, I love that. Yeah. I yeah, women are the gatekeepers of our home, and we really do make incredible decisions and points for our culture with how we spend from our wallet so and I'm just grateful too that you like spoke over that progress and perfection I feel like a lot of people no matter what trend it is can get very overwhelmed and think they need to throw everything away today and then they're so overwhelmed by that decision that they just don't make any forward progress at all so I think that's really really practical um advice and encouragement for us and if you need inspiration I feel like Jordan you are really good at sharing a few different absolutely secondhand finds or some thrifts or even ways to style an outfit that I personally would have never thought of before. So mm-hmm. if someone wanted to be inspired by the fashion director of Abel, where can they find you? Online? <laughs> oh my gosh. I am um, at Jordan Soderholm and yeah, I, I put it on my stories every day, what I'm wearing most of the time. And uh, if I'm not wearing <laughs> something that's ethically, purchase then I'll put where it could be ethically purchased where I would typically look for things like Mm. that and hopefully that just helps people start getting in that mindset of thinking of alternatives that's so good well thank you so much for taking your time and just sharing a little bit I just think education is so important and it's empowering once we know how to make a better choice so thank you for just yeah, taking time out of your busy day. We're so excited for all the fun trends. We'll make sure to link um, you and Abel all within our show notes so that people know where to find That's you. That's amazing. Thanks for talking with me. Absolutely. Thanks, Jordan. I thought this conversation was so empowering for myself, for Mary Scott, for Jordan, and everyone hopefully that was listening because I personally have never really considered ethical fashion. I think I was the girl that turned her head when people started talking about it because I knew it meant I might have to give up something that I love. But now that I have a bigger picture, a fuller perspective, I think I can make more wise and conscious decisions moving forward. And I hope you could say the same. We linked everything we talked about in today's episode in our show notes. And yes, that does include the list that Jordan shared with us of other ethical brands. In addition, Abel was so kind and generous to offer our listeners an exclusive discount. You can use the code BLISS15 for 15% off of your first ABLE purchase. Or you can click the link in our show notes or in the description below, and the discount will automatically be applied to your cart. Woohoo! Now you can grab those shoes or leather goods or whatever you've been eyeing on livefashionable.com. We love, love, love hearing what you are thinking about our show by reading your reviews on iTunes. If you haven't left one yet, we would love for you to head over and do that real quickly. It gives us an idea of what you're loving, why you're loving it, and how we can best serve you in our future episodes. This week's review of the week is by Betsy Sally. She said, 
this podcast. I wish all conversations with friends and family were like this podcast. It's truthful, it points towards Jesus, and gives listeners the outlet to feel normal in their mess. I look forward to this podcast every week and feel motivated every time I listen to it. Listen, you won't regret it. You guys are the greatest, and your kind words mean so much to us. You have no idea. So if you have kind words that you want to share, please leave them in a review. After this conversation with Jordan, I did a little bit of digging because I wanted to make sure that our shirts were in fact ethnically made. And good news is they are. Our shirts are made using Bella Canvas t-shirts. Bella Canvas partnered with the anti-sweatshop movement to make sure that your t-shirts are being brought to you ethically made. And because our shirts are locally sourced here in Birmingham, Alabama, no worries because the screen printing was done ethically as well. If you haven't grabbed a t-shirt yet, go ahead and do so. They are flying off the shelves. We only have three shirts left in some of the sizes. So if you're thinking about getting one, go ahead and add it to your cart. We'll have it to you in no time. And we can't wait to see how you are rocking the shirts by using the hashtag metinmymess and make sure to tag us at Behind the Bliss Podcast on Instagram. Thank you so much for listening to today's conversation. We'll see you next week.